Welcome to another edition of the Night Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. I'm a coast, your lu- of coast. I'm of course your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen, and joined with me today is Jeff the Tech, who makes the show all possible. Boom! I don't have that drop. <laughs> That's why I did it. I, you know what else I forgot to queue up is the da ha ha. It's a slime wreck shout out right there. Oh, did you know we had the Chaz on the last episode? Chaz? Well, where's he been? Dude, I don't know. I I, was even conjuring up his mannerisms there for a little while. You know, the funny thing is... Chaz. um, It's funny. When we got in the show, I I liked... I I was nostalgic for about 15 minutes, and then I was like, get him the fuck out of here. (laughs) Yeah, he was doing 13 ghosts, and of course, every time anyone said the word ghost, he had to go, ghost! (laughs) That's a pretty good impression, huh? All right, yeah. Really good. So, uh... Anyway, our sponsors today, of course, thank you so much to our Stop the Bike members, uh, H1N1 Zombies and Nick Neo. Remember, for $20 and up, you get a request an episode, I will shout you out, and we have some sweet, sweet merch coming up. Uh, August, you're going to get your t-shirts. They're going to be pretty badass. I'm actually shopping around different companies, making sure that I don't give out some shit quality t-shirts like... A lot of other podcasts do. <laughs> I'm looking at you. You know who you are. <laughs> also, uh, at the I Got Five Kids to Feed Patreon, I would like to shout out Pod Is Killing Me. If you like Typo Negative, if you like 90s music in general, go check out Pod Is Killing Me. It's a really great show. And to all of our $1 Patreons, uh, I got to buy that for a dollar. I love you, but sorry. It's the way it goes. Enjoy your free bonus episodes. By the way, you get four episodes ahead of time, plus... Um, Jeff the Tech and I just recorded an episode on Skyrim, our part two, and that's on the Power Glove podcast. Also, you get Slime Rack Radio, so that's four bonus episodes every single month. <sighs> I'm out of breath. Jeff, do you have anything to promote? Because I know you have a hard out today. Well, um, nothing really to promote so far. Okay, got to say, no, I'm kidding. Um, coming out with my own business, my own uh, audio support services. Jeff the Tech and his audio support services. Um, That's a mouthful. Yes, it is, and it's an asshole too. So, uh, where where can uh, people contact you? And this this audio support is for. Well, this is for instrument repair, guitar, bass, violins, and others, and also for live audio bands, live bands recording, and other live options. And I'm and trying to talk you into doing a YouTube channel because I think that would help your numbers. Well, I'm just now starting out, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, but for right now, if they want to get a hold of me, they contact me at Jeff underscore the underscore tech at yahoo.com. And for now, you're only local, but you're going to do some uh, some videos on how to help people out or some yep, stuff like that. I will be doing some. You'll be tutorials. international soon is what you're saying. Yeah. Just give me some time to build because I'm just I'm just fresh out of a relationship. So just I'm not really in for commitments right now. Oh. oh, you mean it's complicated? It's complicated. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's get into this. So we're Speaking go- of re- uh, ending relationships, Andy Dufresne. Oh, yes. We'll, we're going to get into Shawshank Redemption. Um, we've been talking about doing this movie for a minute. Now, we not recently, but I realized that we were kind of tight-knitted in a genre of only doing sci-fi and horror, so... I later just said this is going to be a retro, more retro podcast. Of course, I love sci-fi horror. They're my favorite movies. But I said, why exclude great movies such as this? And this came out in 1993. 
So 93, 94, because I know it was that Oscar season. And it's such a great movie. It's like, why leave this alone? This is another reason why we did Adventures in Babysitting. Unfortunately, that got lost during the information dump and uh, also like Mean Girls. So I've been touching on some cult movies and some retro movies. And I thought, <coughs> I've been Two sitting. Zone. Oh, 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 it's it's on the list. Okay. Good. It's on the list. <coughs> I'm a Huckleberry. Uh, does that mean you want to do the episode with me? You damn right. I know one better besides Creek. Oh fuck! Well, I do have the technology now to uh, do do uh, the. There's a really great thing called Steamyard. It's kind of like Skype, but better. Let's do it. Let's he's do gonna, it. He's gonna want to be part oh, of it. Fuck yeah, he is. Dude, he's a funny fucking follow on Instagram. Right. By the way, he really is. You know, I'm, he's got I'm off his of social re- media all oh, the way. Really, all the way off. I'm off everything except for I have to be on Twitter to promote the show. So that's at Father Heel. Heel is spelled like your foot. Anyway, this is my, our old band one. I still got, I'm getting more followers every day. Nice. Shout out to Lucas, by the way. Um, I've been on his podcast. He always talks about aliens and shit. It's usually at like two in the morning. It's like Ark Bell, but with, you know, me being drunk. It's great. <laughs> I'm not the host. I just become the host. Unintentionally. All right. So let's talk about Shawshank Redemption. So um, this got 91 in Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad. I'll tell you why it got a 91. Could have been better. Because the audience gave it a 98. What would you give it? I would actually give it... I really got to think about this because I'm trying to think of any actual flaw, and I can't. The length, maybe? No. No? Okay. No, the length is perfect because it's a big story to tell. It is a big story to tell. So I honestly have to give this a 99. Because it cannot get 100 because Star Trek Two Wrath of Khan for me is 100. Yeah, and no one gets 101 because RoboCop got that, and, and it can't be. RoboCop's the only movie that could be 101. Right. Um, Predator got 100. Mm. No, no, sorry. Uh, Terminator got 100. Well, Terminator got 100 in Rotten Tomatoes as well. Oh, oh, the first it's or second? The, f- the first, son. Because we did, we did the second. We didn't oh, do the yeah. first. No, that was a double episode. Uh, in <clears> fact, I'm going to make a super cut of that, like a super long version, and, and do an intro for it and, and do it proper. But anyway, so I'm giving it a 97. And the only reason why is this is not a movie you could watch with others. This is a sit, unless they're like you and me, where you could shut the fuck up for two and a half, three hours, <laughs> right? So it's not really like a, it, it's definitely an epic tale, you know? And it is kind of depressing, um, and that kind of gives it another point down for me. And also, I don't like how Andy Dufresne acts in the beginning of the movie where he's so cold and heartless that you're like, maybe he did kill his fucking wife. Now, honestly, we learned the truth of this later, but still, let me pipe down the fucking... The old-timey music. Uh, it took me a minute to actually find music for this. Really? Um, yeah, because I, I had to write down all the eras in which it was in. So this movie takes place in the 20s, right before the Great Depression. Yeah, like the Roaring Twenties, I think. Yeah, it? and it goes all the way just about to 1950. No, it goes to 1966. He escapes yeah, yeah, in yeah. 1966. Yeah, you know, you're right. But I'm saying the majority of the film takes place in the 30s to 40s. True. You know, That's like a, like if it's a if it's almost let's just say it's a three hour movie. Uh, a good thirty-three percent takes place in the in the thirties tw- uh, to forties. Yeah. That's true. Setting up the characters in that period, yeah. And also the library scene. This is the genre of music that this would be. Yeah. So, okay. Here's why I got ninety-one percent. 
This came out. Okay, you know I always say eighty six and eighty seven are the best years for movies, yeah. like ever. That's where you got your Predators, Robocops, Terminators. Uh, you got uh, Aliens, Howard the Duck. I mean, uh, 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 <laughs> but if you look up, um, Evil Dead was considered eighty eight or 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 eighty seven. Anyway, um, there's all the my favorite movies were eighty seven and uh, eighty six. However. In 93, 94, a lot of good fucking movies came out. Hell yeah, they did. This came out, and this is during like the whole Oscars and all that shit. This came out and was nominated for like every award, but another movie came out, and it was the same way. A little movie called, uh, I don't know, Goodfellas? I never saw Goodfellas. Oh, dude, there's people yelling at you right now oh, in I'm their sure cars. Were, but, you know, too bad. If, if, Anyone? I can never get into mob movies. It's not a mob movie. It's kind of mm. like this. It is a mob movie, but it's more of like a generational tale of like what things were like in this time and what things were like in that time. Okay. And it's great. It's got Ray Liotta. It's got it's got everyone but Pacino. But it is a it's like a dark comedy, and then it becomes like a crime dr- uh, uh, drama. So it's not just like mafioso bullshit. It's not the Godfather where you have to sit around and watch people suck each other's cocks and you know, it's it's scene by scene a great movie. Anyway, and then um, and also Interview with the Vampire came out the same year. Great movie. Dust Till Dawn came out that year. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. Wait but a minute. It was okay. No, Dust Till Dawn came out in 95, 96. Sorry, I, yeah, I lied. I thought there was something wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So Tombstone came out in this area. It came out ninety two. 93, 94. Oh, it did. Okay, yeah. so there you go. You have all these- Demolition er- Man. D-Man. What, 1993? I saw that in theaters. I got a good story for Brain that Scan? one. Brain Didn't see that one. It's Edward Furlong's second best movie. We actually just did- You know what? Jonathan <laughs> and I just did it on- um, uh, We reviewed it. Now, we were very drunk when we did it, but still, worth a listen. It's Edward Furlong- and he plays a video game, and the video game puts him in a trance where he kills people. Now, the funny thing about this is there was actually a real murder spree very recently about this same exact thing where this guy, for whatever reason, just started killing people, uh, this this kid. And then whenever he'd kill people, he'd rummage through their kitchen and cook and eat fruit. It's because he was brainwashed by Skyrim. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and he always okay. used an axe or medieval weapon. Wow, I want to know how that happened. He watched Brain Scan. Oh, I mean, okay. I mean, he played Skyrim. It's funny. Skyrim is uh, the topic of the discussion in the past four episodes. <laughs> okay, so uh, this movie, great movie. It stars like it's got an all-star cast, but not really people a lot of a lot of people know about, right? So obviously, we have Tim Robbins. He's our main protagonist. He is aged like shit, by the way. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, there's a picture of him recently. Let me see. Hold on. Let me move away from the microphone. Hold on. He just doesn't. I think he's still married to Goldie Hawn. Too. He looks like an old version of Jared from Subway. You know who has an age though? <clears throat> Morgan Freeman, Freeman looks the fucking same, dude. <laughs> well, you know, black don't crack. That's right. They just freckle. Yeah. Uh, we also have Bod Guten, who played as the warden, who is oh, one of the guy. biggest pieces of shit. I always do, I did my top ten heels in cinema. I'm gonna have to redo that 
because I need to put Kamara in it from uh, Battle Royale, and I need to put this guy in it. He is such a dick in this movie. In every movie, he plays a bad guy. In ass. this, he's worse, dude. He locks Andy <laughs> in for 12 months, shoots Tommy, and then threatens to burn down the library and locks him in for another 12 months. You put him in with the sodomites. Exactly. Oh, or t- or two months. Rather. You know, it's funny. There's a there's a grocery store near where I live, and there's a girl. Is it called the Foodway? No, no. It, it's it's just very fortunate to go there. Um, but there's a girl who works there who has the same eyes as the warden and the same glasses. Ooh. And every time I look at her, like if it weren't for that, she would actually be very attractive. But when I look at her, I'm like, oh, I hate you. There's also uh, William. I don't even know you. There's also William Sadler, who I always think is the guy from Demon Knight, which is also '94. Um, I don't know if that was actually him, uh, but I always confuse them because they look so much alike. So uh, he. Oh yeah, I know that guy. He played in uh, the the Pacific. He played in this. He also played in. Um, God, I want to say the Green Mile. He played in the Green Mile. Yeah, the, the, the guy who had the kid whose eye was taken by... A, oh, no, 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 no. He played the father in the Green Mile he of the did, two he, girls. He was in Demon Knight. He was Breaker. I fucking knew it. Who's the main character. And Demon Knight's a good d- goddamn movie. That came out. It says in 95, but I'm pretty sure that was 94. That was but, 94. I saw that in theaters. But also, he played... And I just watched this with my mother-in-law because you can only watch safe movies with her because she's very, very religious. You think your mother-in-law's no. bad, dude. No, my mother-in-law talks about she'll grab you and go, the rapture's coming. Holy shit. That's, dude. That's too much. It is. It's a little much. But that's too much. But he also played Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He played the Grim Reaper. He oh, did. He owed no shit. He yeah, did. Yeah, he did. Oh, my God, he did. Not as good as the first, but still a great movie. Anyway, so... Uh, his name is uh, Bob Gooten. You, you've seen him a lot. You just can't place his face. Or you could always place his face, but because he looks so much like Willem Dafoe that he's hard to... Uh, they got yeah, like he, a look. He's never the star. He's always the supporting actor. So you never really... You always oh, sorry. pass him over. Yeah, so anyway... Um, sorry, that's uh, William Sadler. I, I, uh, sorry, I apologize. I mixed up my name. And then we have Clancy Brown, who is one of the best heels ever. Clancy Brown. Oh, yeah, the guy from Starship Troopers. Captain Hadley. So, start, thank you. Starship Troopers, another one of my favorite movies ever. One he of also the, played in that show Lost. Uh, never saw it. Everyone tells me don't. It's a letdown. It, they, everyone says it starts off great and then it just falls yeah, off. Yeah, the, the seven seasons just don't even bother. It's like six or seven. It's, or like, it's like the sex life uh, with the girl you end up marrying. It starts off super hot and heavy where you're just sitting on each other's faces and then it just turns out to be missionary of you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. He's also um, in Pet Cemetery 2 where he plays Gus Gifford. Where he's the fucking scariest. Imagine him being a zombie that's cognizant. Ooh. Yeah. And also an Eddie Furlong joint. And then Bib Bellows, who I don't really recognize. He plays Tommy Williams, who I always mistake him for uh, another actor. Um, I think one of the dude, like Luke Perry or some shit. No, not Luke Perry. He's very uh, unrecognizable kind of guy. He's got one of those just basic faces. You think so? Mr. Yeah. Rock and Roll, Tommy? Yeah, yeah. I've never seen him in anything other than that movie. Well, I'm looking I, through his IMDb right now. And you're not saying Oh, he's in a- Love and 45. That's a great movie. Also 94. Love and a 45, if you've never seen that. I haven't. 
it's um, it's kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde gangster, or not gangster movie, a Bonnie and Clyde kind of like Pulp Fiction type movie. Uh, it came out around the same time, um, 83% of Rotten Tomatoes. I actually saw that because I had a double feature. You know, back in the day, or still now, you'll get DVDs and there'll be a double feature where you flip it around and there'll yeah. be another movie. It's on there, but he's got a great voice. Uh, that was actually done the same year, which is pretty cool. But I'm looking through a lot of stuff and not a lot of stuff I really recognize, but... He's one of those guys that I really recognize his face, but probably because I always associate it with Sawshank Redemption. So I have a couple of questions for you on this. Now, this is one of your favorite movies ever. Um, would you consider this movie, like, I know it's your, you said it's your second favorite movie after Wrath of Khan, right? Yeah. Okay, where would you, where would you put this on? Now, I'm not saying how many times you watched it because it's kind of long, but... Minutes watched? Do you think you've? Because there's times I watch half this movie and don't watch the rest, you know, and then I'll just start it over like two weeks later or something. Yeah. Minutes watched? Do you think like time spent watching this is probably your number one movie? Like how many? How much time I've actually spent watching this movie? Yeah. Let's say like no. Oh, okay. So you think Wrath of Khan's number one? Or? Way beyond number one. Unless you want to add in uh, Van Halen Live Without a Net. No, we're That's not talking. Not we're talking theatrical. Yeah. Uh, so then it would yeah. be Wrath of Khan. Okay. You know, it's By funny. far. I think this might be not my number one movie, but I think I've seen minutes-wise only secondary probably to... Old Boy. No. Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. I should have thought of that. I think it, I think it goes Lost Boys, this, then Predator... Then probably Terminator 2. And then Scott Pilgrim. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking with you, dude. I'm joking. I do. You know what? Rewatch that movie. It stands up big time. But there's so much, especially now that I'm getting more and more and more into sin- Scott Pilgrim is a fun watch. But it's not really like a... That director has done so much more, but it's not like if you were to put Scott Pilgrim and say like David Fincher seven right next to each other, one outshines the other. Like by far, you're going to go seven is a film. Scott Pilgrim is a fun popcorn movie. Yeah. yeah you know, that, it is. It's a, right. it's a fun movie. And also too, like everyone I knew liked it. I mean, like what I mean is like wife and, and, and uh, uh, nerdy people online like really liked it. So it is a great movie. But it's not a film. Yeah. You know, like, I would even say Wrath of Khan is a film. You know, it's barely... This movie's definitely a fucking film. Oh, yeah. So, this movie is so goddamn long that we can go over everything, right? But that would take this whole book. So, I only have about four pages of notes. So, uh, I just want to talk about, like, some of our favorite scenes. So, obviously, we start off with Clancy Brown and The Trial... The scene always makes my nutsack shrivel because one of my greatest fears is being accused of a crime I didn't commit. Yeah. I mean, that's up there. And usually, a lot of the people that get accused of a crime that they don't commit is usually a wife killing the husband. Yep. This is a very real scenario. Mm-hmm. This is why I switched to Samsung and I wear a Fitbit. <laughs> I'll tell you why. There's been, that I know of, but probably more, Two murders 
that the husband got away with it, or sorry, I don't mean got away with it, not like an OJ. I mean like they were acquitted because their heart rate was so low on their Fitbit and their Samsung placed them at a different place because your your Fitbit and your Samsung actually triangulate. Mm-hmm. He wasn't yeah. in the area at all. Oh, good. And another one, believe it or not, his wife was murdered while he was fucking another chick. Wait, we're still talking about Dufresne? No, no, I'm talking about like a real-life murder. Oh, that. A dude oh. got away with it because he was wearing his Fitbit and his heart rate was super up because he was pounding this chick. And his Samsung and them triangulated. He was in like t- two cities down, like fucking this, his girlfriend, while his wife was murdered over like financial shit. Oh. So win-win scenario, right? <laughs> He's got a girlfriend. His wife's dead. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't have to give her half, Eddie. I want half. <laughs> All right. So after that, obviously, we see the warden and Clancy Brown, like, you know, kind of giving him the... The good cop, bad cop, or bad cop, worst cop kind of scenario. They de-allow some. And then, obviously, the warden is like, trust in the Bible, because your ass belongs to me. You know, they come in stock naked. Andy gets locked up. They start betting on him with cigarettes. You know, fish, 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 fish. <laughs> fresh, fish, fish, fresh, fish, fresh, fresh. Fat ass by a nose. <laughs> right. And so then they kill him. So then we have, um, well... Clancy Brown comes in and beats him the fucking to death. death. And he goes, if I hear more than a mouse fart out of all of you, <laughs> you know, and then everyone's like quiet and, and obviously. So then we have uh, Red's um, parole hearing. He gets rejected. This becomes a, a occurring theme in the movie. They do it once per scene, like cut the scene one. Or do it once per 10 years. So you yeah. know what generation you're yeah, in, yeah. which is really cool. I just, I just noticed that, that uh, actually I noticed it when I, um, when I was a kid, but totally forgot about it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's how they kind of mark the yeah. time of. They do it on each act, act one, act, act two, two, act three. three. Yeah. Even though this kind of has an act four when he escapes. Yeah. Or sorry, he breaks parole is kind of like a mini act. Yeah. Uh, epilogue. Yeah. There you go. So now everyone uh, uh, red likes Andy because he says he's got like a magical cape and he strolls through the prison. He doesn't really let things bother him, right? You know, he's kind of got this, and he's always picking up rocks and. You know, so anyway, finally, he uh, Andy kind of comes out and says, hey, um, I heard you're a man that can get things because Red is kind of like the guy in the inside that can get things from the outside. And he, you know, up marks 20 percent, this and that. And uh, Andy, the first thing he says to anybody is, hey, I, I heard you're a man that can get things. I'm interested in a rock hammer. And he's like, hammer? The hell? He goes, like, you going to try to kill someone? Yeah, and he goes, I have no enemies. He goes, well, the sisters over there are taking a liking to you. So maybe you want to bury it in Bog's skull. And he goes, no, no, it's not like that. I, And he, he goes, Quartz, Micah. And he goes, I used to be a rock hound in another life, and I want to build a chessboard. So he's like, well, that's a high-risk item. You get busted, you don't know me, and you will lose it. Cause, you know, and he goes, when you see the rock hammer, you'll understand. Because he's probably picturing like a big... Foot like a sledgehammer. So. No, I don't think sledgehammer, but more like a California framer. Yeah, maybe. You know, like something you would take drywall out of. Yeah, something you can smash rocks with. Exactly. You got, I, I, I get why you said like. But then when the thing comes, it's so tiny. It's only about what, like five inches? Yeah. Six inches, something. So anyway, uh, let's see. After that, oh, we have the mess hall scene with Jake. Now this is Jake the Crow. 
Oh, yeah, you tried to name the band that so many times. I did. So this is... Jake the Crow's a good fucking band name, though. <laughs> JTC, can't on, baby. Can't do it. Can't do it. Oh, it doesn't matter. The band's gone anyway. <clears throat> By the way, I have some uh, leftover Heaven's Heels uh, merch if you want to take some. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, I actually have them in a chest, believe it or not. Like a real wooden chest. Oh, nice. Yeah. They all fit in there, too. So um, after this, you know, we have the uh, finally when Andy gets to make friends with anybody, it's the the roof tarring scene of 1949. Oh, yeah. This is my favorite scene in the movie. Really? You want to take over? So this is, uh, they they were they were being uh, volunteered for, well, they weren't being volunteered, but they made volunteers for roof duty for summertime work programs. And, yeah. And, uh. Was it uh, Red, Andy, and a few of the other guys? They got they got uh, picked for the rooftop uh, rooftop repair. Thank you for some lucky strikes. Oh yeah, yeah. So well placed lucky strikes, and all of a sudden you're on top of the roof. So they're up there, you know, slopping around in the tar and stuff like that on a hot day. Then Andy's sitting there listening to uh, the guards talking about his brother just passed away and left him a whole bunch of money. Fucking- He's like. The other guy's like, brother passed away. Yeah, the the other guard's like, oh, well, that's a great thing, and he's like, what the fuck you mean? Is thirty five thousand dollars, right? And taxes, yeah, taxes. Oh, no, he goes, come and he goes, take it. How much did he leave you? He goes, thirty five thousand. He goes, that's like when the sweepstakes. He goes, no, first, yeah, Uncle Sam's gonna take a chunk out of your ass, and then what am I do? Buy a car? Then I have the kids bugging me to give him a ride every Sunday. Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Andy Dufresne is overhearing him and decides to drop his mop and walk over there. And they're like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, man? Eyes Get on the mop, here. Andy. And he walks over there, and all the guards pull their guns on him. They're like, hey, do you trust your wife? And he's like, the fuck? You and he goes, drags this, him over to the yeah, roof. Yeah, he goes, yeah, this, uh, this inmate's about to have an accident. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, he explains to him how he can like get around the tax man. And he's like, are you fucking with me? You're the guy who's in one or you're, you're, that, you're that wife killing baker. Exactly. So he gets on his good side. And then all of a sudden, over the next couple of years, he's doing the taxes Wait, for everyone. But you forgot my favorite scene. He goes, he goes, uh. He goes, uh, I'm, I'm surprised you wouldn't know about this yourself. You're such a smart man. He goes, goddamn right. And he goes, but you'll need a lawyer, and that'll cost you. And uh, I could do all the forms for you, uh, nearly free of charge. And he goes, nearly free? What are you talking about? I do a pretty good Clancy Brown, huh? Almost. And he goes, yeah, I just asked for three beers for me and my fellow co-workers. Co-workers, isn't this rich? And then it smash cut to them all drinking beer yeah. on the roof. And, and he th- didn't drink one. No, they comes over and he goes, Andy, cold one? He goes, no, I gave up drinking. But he's just sitting there smiling. And then from then on, he, the sisters start fucking with him again. And oh, Boggs yeah. is beat to death. Oh, no, or not, not to, to death, death but, but nearly. He ate every meal through a tube. <laughs> For the rest of his life. And yeah, and and no one fucks with Andy. Now Andy's like, you know, he, Morgan Freeman goes, maybe you figure he do it to curry a favor with the gods. Or maybe us cons. Maybe he just did it to feel like a normal man. That was his own roof on a May in 1949, you know. So really cool scene. That's my favorite scene. Um, we'll get to the end in a second. Oh, and then the toss in the cell scene, which is the kind of tell tell that he's going to escape is member the warden comes in and he's got the bible in his hand which later reveals to be the hiding spot of the, the rock, rock hammer, hammer. yeah but the warden he goes i'm glad to see you reading this and he goes you have any favorite passages and he goes mark 13 35 which is 
always be aware for ye not know when the keeper of house is around, meaning always do good because God's always watching. And then he goes, I like that. But I prefer Jonah 8.12, which is, I am the keeper of all, and I'm always watchful. So he just named himself. Exactly. Well, they both named yeah. kind of like their positions. And then he starts walking away. Now, we don't know. Rewatching it, you're like, oh, shit, he's got the hammer. But he goes, oh, he did deprive you of this. And he hands him the Bible, and he goes, thank you, sir. And he's like, so... Whoo! I know. <laughs> at this time, he's got a Rita Hayworth poster, uh, and he's using. We find out at the end that he's actually slowly digging a way out because it's made out of soapstone. Yeah, really soft stone. So, yeah, so he's able to do it. Now he starts doing it when he gets Rita Hayworth, but it takes him about what, twenty-three years, something like yeah, to dig out. And then finally, when Tommy gets shot, who Tommy's the only one can get him exonerated. Because um, he actually knows, he actually was a celly for the person that really commit the murder. And once he dies, he's like, well, that's my only way out. Now, at this time, he's already established a library. He's getting people their, their GEDs. He's doing all the taxes for everybody. He's such an important man that the warden does not want him to leave because he's a he's fucking super act. He's got access to secrets. Ah, because he made up a fictional character. I have his name written down First here. cousin to Harvey the Rabbit. Yeah, um, Mr. Like that, huh? yeah, yeah. Mr. Stevens. So, Mr. Stevens, you're right, though. So, That's a direct quote. Yeah, clean as a virgin's honey butter. Mr. Stevens has a passport, a birth social security, birth, birth certificate, certificate. Yeah. social security number, and he only exists on paper. They'll be chasing a phantom, a ghost. So, he's laundering all the warden's money from all these kickbacks that they're doing by this thing called the Inside Out program, where they go and they... Do they, it's a work furlough where they have the prison you know, inmates go and fix roads and bridges and they clean up communities. Yeah. And then all the people will pay them off, you yep. know, the city and other foremans that are like, yo, I need this project. Here's my wife's pie. And then there's two grand in there, you know? Yeah. Well, back then, two grand is a lot of fucking money. Fuck yeah, it is, dude. The inflation on two grand, you know how much that is now? God, that'd be like fifteen, sixteen thousand $16,000 now. Uh, Compared to back then? No, 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 no. Put about, put about a zero and times that by eight. Okay. So, Andy is like laundering the money and everything else, and 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 figuring out ways to keep it. But when he figures he's going to escape, he's taking this fucking money, and because he's the one with the signature. And, and it's his picture, and it's a spot-on match, you know, everything else. So that's when he escapes, and he does eventually escape. And the end scene is just... After stealing the warden's shoes. Oh, yeah. How often do you pay attention to a man's shoes? that's my favorite scene. That's your favorite scene? That's my favorite. The, the, the revenge factor, the, the oh-fuck moment, the he-got-me moment. The get-busy-living, get-busy-dying scene. I was just about to ask, what was your favorite scene? Yeah, that one right there at the end, right before he puts that gun in his mouth. How could Andy Dufresne get the better of him? So we only got a little bit of time. So we had our favorite scenes. Everyone knows the ending. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, let I me ask you this. My friend. What is the percentile of times you've actually cried watching the end of this movie? Do not say zero. I haven't cried, but the ending does choke me up every time. Ch okay, choke up. It chokes me up every time because I just miss my friend. Because you know why? It makes me, well, every time I hear Morgan Freeman say that, I think of my cat rags. Oh, I just I miss my sweet. friend. Also, another thing about this too is I will tell you this: 
If you're going through a breakup or about to, just heed my words. This is the best breakup movie ever. Because if you're really down in the dumps, watch this movie. It starts off depressing and it just kind of eases up, eases up. And by the end, you got a smile on your face and you're like, fuck yeah, man. Um, any other favorite scenes in this? Because I think we're going to call this. This movie is just too long. It's just like my American it Psycho really is review. too much, yeah. It's like that we could do a whole fucking week-long series on this. But it's best. I always say sometimes movies are best to watch. And we could just talk about kind of the cool points about it. Um, another one of my favorite scenes is the, um, I know it's kind of a dark scene, but it's when the sisters come up to Andy and they put the ice pick and he goes, you know, sudden trauma to the brain causes oh, the victim yeah. to bite down. Uh-huh, and he yeah. goes, honey, hush. That is so evil. It is, yeah. Um, love that scene. Another one of the sad scenes is, is uh, or, or cool scenes is when Andy gets beaten up so bad right after that that you have all the inmates looking around for rocks for him to polish oh yeah and then hayward comes over and he goes i got a good one he goes that's a horse apple hayward and he goes what do you mean he goes it's horse, horse shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's all like Ugh. so um yeah a lot of comedic moments if you haven't watched this movie i guarantee if you uh rewatch it you'll you'll appreciate it it's just one of those movies that never gets old did you know that tnt turner movie or uh turner network tv mm-hmm. made more money off this than any other movie guess why because uh, morgan freeman no because they own the rights to it really they actually own well that would make sense why i see it on uh, hbo all the damn time the hbo max uh, app or now it's just Max. So they would air this all the time, especially on Sundays when they knew people were just going to be sitting there. So the advertisement revenue, they I they made their nut and then some. Like so, they actually own the rights like all the way through. I'm pretty sure on my DVD that I have, it doesn't even say who originally made the film. It just starts. That can't be right. I think it was done by Universal, wasn't it? It may have been. I don't know. This is. If it's not Orion or Fox, I barely know who does it. Um, I or or uh, Lionsgate. Or Lion Cinema or something. Yeah, because that's usually what I pay attention to. Well, hey man, um, kind of a short episode, but I know you got to get out of here. And like I said, this movie is too long to just. We can always do a revisit on it if you want to go into more depth. But at the same time, my eyeballs are floating back here. There you go. So yeah, <laughs> we got to get out of here. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, any, any final thoughts on uh, favorite quotes, anything? I just miss my friend. <laughs> well, from all of us here at the Knife Party Podcast, remember, be kind, rewind. And I think with that, I uh, need to return some videotapes. <laughs>